Well, greetings and bless the Lord, saints of God. Tony Triple C Podcast here. Believe it or not, it is what we call Palm Sunday. The triumphal entry is the Sunday before we celebrate Resurrection Day or the Resurrection Period, and I'll call it. So let's open with a word of prayer. Master, we thank you for another opportunity for Triple C Podcast to be on air, online, that someone can listen to it, download it, and prayerfully share it with somebody who's not heard the gospel. But it is our prayer that you today, God, be glorified, that we be edified, and that the devil be horrified at the repeating, preaching, teaching, and sharing of your word. It is in Jesus' name that we pray that you bless every listening ear today, that they reap something from this buffet table. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, again, greetings. We bring you blessings and, and honor here before you uh, on this Triple C podcast for the, this 10th of, of April, 2022. Boy, we're moving on into the year. So the title of this podcast, I will often read after the scripture. I will tell you what it is. So today we're going to look at Philippians, Paul to the church at Philippi, chapter three, looking at verses 16 through 21. I'm going to read the King James Version, but I'm going to try to just expound a little bit more and amplify because it simplifies the word a little bit more for you. So from Philippians chapter three, starting at verse 16, and the word of God reads, nevertheless, whereto we have already yet attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as ye have us for the, as an example, for many walk of whom I have told you of often, and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. May God bless the readers, hearers, and doers of his word. You say, wow, how does that scripture apply to anything that we're dealing with in life? And I pray that God will, as we extract out of the scriptures, it'll begin to make biblical sense to us as we go forward. As we said, here we are again. We know this B2 variant. This is the fourth variant, and there's probably been hundreds that they've not announced on the public media. I don't want to be remiss in not mentioning that we are still very much in a pandemic. Even though the numbers are still not as bad, they're starting to rise again, but we've gone through a small period where the numbers haven't escalated and skyrocketed. We still have to do diligence and keep our mind, keep our principles, keep our morals up because God knows that that there is a devil that, as I said in John chapter 10, verse number 10, that thief, that devil, his all of his followers, they're out to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus says, but I am come that they might have life and that life more abundantly. Why did he put the word might? Because he will never force you or I, child of God, to do anything that's spiritual. Romans 8 and 14, I've repeated, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters of God. Out of uh, man comes woman, so I'm not ever excluding women when I'm talking about the body of Christ. But I look at where we are, and 
I don't have three or four points in a hoop or none of that craziness this morning, but I just believe that God will have us oftentimes be reminded of where we are. So the scriptures have been read. This Sunday's titled podcast for this Palm Sunday is Your Change is Still Coming. Your Change is Still Coming. Why did he title it that way? God, give me earthly titles to correlate with scripture so that we can try to reason and understand how to apply those biblical truths to where we live every day. I believe that God wants us to understand all the things in the midst of this two year and some change going through the pandemic, whatever you've been asking God for may be just delayed, not denied. And even if it's denied, it's for your good. Amen. Oftentimes when God tells you no, it's like a mother and father telling a child no, because I've been there. I've done that. I've got the t-shirt. I've got the hat. I've got the boots. I've got the belt buckle. I've got the monogram socks. I have the history. I'm trying to help you avoid a catastrophic failure in your life. I'm trying to help you divert and go a different path so that you don't go through the same thing or very similar of what I went through. But oftentimes, we in America don't like, and this is for every last one of us, most times we don't like being told what to do. Because oftentimes, who are you to tell me how to live my life? That's oftentimes how most men that don't attend church, ain't no preacher going to tell me how to live my life. But if you will open your, 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 your manly mind and allow God, if that preacher is pointing you to the word, he's not trying to get you to help buy a yacht, a boat, fund a vacation, go on a cruise, but he's only striving to show you who you are in the word. Let the Bible, the, baby, the, the basic instructions before leaving this earthly realm be a mirror for who you are. You will find that most of us that decided I can't live like I used to live. I'm tired of living, feeling like I'm a human failure. Amen. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Here's what's so awesome about the triumphal entry. If you read the story, it's uh, the, the traditional saints would call it Passion Sunday or Passion Week. It's the triumphal entry where the people, triumphal entry, excuse me, where they had palm leaves and they laid them down and he rode in on that ass. That donkey son would call it. He rode in. Why? Because they were singing Hosanna, Hosanna to the higher understanding. They had heard of the fame of the Messiah coming and many that greeted him, wanted him because they wanted what? They wanted a change in their lives. Here's where we are. God did give me a few things to point out and I pray that it opens the mind. Now y'all know that most churches have been on lockdown for the last couple of years, and you've had some defiant preachers who try to make you feel guilty into that you can go in the midst of the pandemic when you know that it's a medical pandemic, but you need to go prove to people that you walk in faith. God gives you wisdom as well. Scriptures teach that uh, obedience is better than sacrifice. He also says to, uh, to give rule unto Caesar as unto God as well, meaning the laws of the land are in place for a purpose. 
God wants us to not only just follow the scriptorial teaching, but to follow man's laws as long as they are not trying to ethically, uh, uh, immorally cause you to commit crimes or do things that are opposing of what God has taught us in scripture. So we need to obey the laws. Amen. But don't blindly follow anybody. Hello, Holy Ghost. There has to be a spiritual balance. So let's not get that twisted. There has to be a spiritual balance. So as God, as I like to say, this is hot off the wire. God gives us revelation oftentimes. It's, we call it an epiphany. It's where God opens our mind to something. What do I mean in translation? Isn't it amazing how when you've been pondering or thinking on something and then the answer comes, it's an aha moment. That aha moment we need to have quite often because when it comes to walking by the spirit of God, we have to allow God to lead us in the midst of this dark, decrepit, perverted, crooked, and disastrous world in which we live. Amen. I often say from the White House to our house, we need to see God for who God is and see the God of this world for who he is with his nasty self. Beelzebub, the devil, Slewfoot, the one I call who crept up on Eve, drug up and deceived her because she was distracted long enough to forget what God had told her in Adam. See, we got to be careful when we're living in life. You got to keep your eyes on the prize, which is Jesus. You need to keep your ears attentive to his word. You need to be listening for the spirit of God. Quit allowing the white noise of the world to get you off kilter, get you off track from hearing God. See, most folk are looking for some miracle sign. God gave you the word. You've heard me talk about it, the 66 books, 39 old, 27 new. He sent preachers. I ain't talking about the preachers that want you to help preach them wealthy. I'm not talking about them. I'm not the ones who got you all okey-doked and believing that you follow them on a cruise and go with them and you can't fly in their jet. You can't ride on their bus. You can't be right there in the red rope circle. I'm not talking about them preachers. I'm talking about those of us who are unknown, who don't nobody know, who's just trying to show you God in the midst of your day. As you deal at the local level, don't you understand? You ain't got to be of a church of $30,000, $40,000 to experience the evilness of the enemy. You can be of a church of size of 10. There's hell in those churches. Oh, help me, Spirit of God. I think about where we are, and I think about where we're at, and I think about this triumphal entry. I think about Passion Sunday, and think about Jerusalem, and think about those that have not physically graced a physical building, but then been made to feel like you're not in tune with God because you ain't sitting in the pool pit or you ain't on the front row or you ain't in the choir right now. No, let me drop something in your spirits. God's church is a mobile church. It's a church with 10 fingers and 10 toes. It's those that are led by the spirit of God. I've said it this way. I'd rather have 10 believers than to have 50 hell raisers who can't cast out a headache. I'd rather walk with those people who know that God is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. So what, what, is, what does Paul tell us? Let's move to the scriptures and we'll uh, go ahead with the podcast this morning and close it down. Let's move over to the Amplified Version and just listen to the translation of what Paul wrote uh, in King James versus what the Amplified says. Verse 16 says, only let us hold true to what we have already attained and walk and order our lives by that. What have you attained? Hopefully it's the word of God. Y'all may not have remembered, but I've said it this way. There's two types of wisdoms. 
There's the wisdom of the world, W-O-R-L-D, and then there's the wisdom of God's word, W-O-R-D. Which way will you go? Joshua chapter 24, verse 15 says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. But understanding serving the Lord is not without responsibility. Serving the Lord is not without consequence. Serving the Lord is not without trial and tribulation. Serving the Lord is not without going through some things. All of the biblical passages that we've read, like in the book of Psalms, when David said, yea, though I walk through the valleys of the shadows of death, I will fear no evil. Thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That's him talking to God. Amen. Uh, David in Psalm 51 and 13 says, restore to me the joy of thy salvation and renew within me a right spirit. He says, then when I teach transgressors your ways, he knows that after he committed adultery and murder, when he had Uriah killed, going after Bathsheba, he realized he had became a murderer. And only God can restore his relationship. Whatever your crime or your passion in life has been, God is the only one that can save you, that can deliver you, that can transform your mind, that can transform your message and give you a mission, amen, to bring him glory. Oh, I wish I was helping somebody along the way. I look at what the scriptures say. The first thing that God opened my mind to think about and I think about it every day when we go to work. It's the state of the world. We see the war in Ukraine. They, they've got more media attention, whatever. And it messes my mind up being a government worker that we could send $100 billion over the night, but I can't get a $2 million generator to keep my building up when we have a storm. Blows my mind. But that's politics. We've had to endure politics all around the globe. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make technical sense. It doesn't even make common sense, but it's the way we live and we have to deal with it. Thank God my God is not the government, even though we work for the government. Amen, somebody. Thank God the state of what we see in this world. We see houses homes being destroyed. We see the infrastructure of the family being chipped away at where mother against daughter, father against son, vice versa. We see sibling rivalry rising on the uprise. We still see divorces on the highest level. Even in the midst of Christianity, there's more Christians divorcing after 10, 15, 20 years of walking with God. It makes me wonder, what God are you serving? Now, we all go through things. Now, we understand that sometimes people have joined. Most times, we join together. We're unequally yoked. But God has a way of taking two unsaved people or one saved, one not saved, or two are saved but not deep in their salvation and cause them to grow if they're willing to allow God to lead them. Amen. Now, here's where I'm at. I'm going to caveat just, just, just softly for a minute. What messes my mind up is when I have two called out, so they say, preachers that's in the podium, in the pulpit, but then they trying to lead a congregation, but they themselves can't stay together and they divorce from the pulpit, from the front door, as I call it, at the entry of the sheepfold, but yet they say God ordained them to be where they are. That messes with my emotion. How can you say you're leading God? The Bible says, how can you take care of the house of God when your own house is out of order? It's the state of the world, people of God. That's where we are. 
So where are we at? The state of the world. The world is in chaos. The world is in need of stability. The world is in need of God, capital G. The God of this world, lowercase g, he's running and wreaking havoc. He's doing what he can. He's the real mayhem in life, causing catastrophic trouble and trials and tribulations, messing with your money, messing with your emotions, messing with your children, messing with your family, messing with your health. Oh, the state of the world is in need of, a, of some bomb, B-A-L-M. The bomb that was in Gilead was the saving God power. We need the bomb of the apostolic power, the anointing of Jesus Christ, that we needed to come and rain down on us now. That's the state of the world. Let's read on in the scriptures. Verse 17, 18, 19 says it this way. Brethren, together follow my example and observe those who live after the pattern we have set for you. For there are many whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears who walk, live as enemies of the cross of Christ, the anointed one. Those are the people like Carlton Pearson who had in his mind, who walked away and had it and said it, that he was of the great Azusa movement, talking about God growing up and being a part of Oral Roberts University, but yet coming to an epiphany saying that we're now in heaven and hell on earth and there is no other such thing. He's lost and turned over to a reprobate mind. They walk now as enemies of the cross. They are doomed and their fate is eternal misery, perdition. Their God is their stomach, their appetites, their sensuality, and they glory in their shame, siding with earthly things and being a, there a party. What does that mean? You can't have multiple ways. Let me drop something in your spirit about the state of the world and I'm moving right into the church. Let me drop something in your spirit. When I got ordained, the questions of my old country deacons had asked me, how many doors are there to the church? The answer is this. There ain't but one door to the church. His name is Jesus Christ. There ain't multiple ways to get to God. There's one way that the scriptures teach to get to God. So if you're a follower of the Oprah Winfrey's and all those that they say that there's many ways to get to God, you're sadly being mistaken, you're being misled, and you're being misguided, and you're destined for failure. There's one way to get to God, and Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man get to God but by me. Any other teaching, God said, let him be accursed. There's only one way to get to the true church of Jesus Christ and God. That's through the Son. Verses 19, 20 says it this way. He said they're doomed. Verses 20, but we, children of God, believers, are citizens of the state, the commonwealth, homeland, which is in heaven. And from it also, we earnestly and patiently await the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, the second coming. Not to come back and live in this earth, but come to retrieve his church. He's coming back for a church of believers. Do not, and I repeat, do not get caught up in the titled name of your church. Don't you think that your church is the only one that has the gateway to get to God? God's coming back for a body of born again, baptized in the spirit of the Holy Ghost, believers that believe that Jesus Christ died and rose with all power and he's seated at the right hand of God. Do not become a judge that you condemn other people because they don't attend, they don't attend your church as if they're destined for hell. You then become judge juror, and executioner. God says, judge not lest ye be judged. 
When you do that, you put your own self at risk. Who am I to tell you? I don't. Tony doesn't have a heaven nor a hell to put anybody in. I, too, am nothing more than a sheep, but I'm a teaching sheep. But I have to be led by the Spirit of God, just like everybody else in God's congregation. That's what he said in verse 20. We have a Savior. Verse 21 says it this way. Who will transform and fashion a new body of our humiliation to conform and be like the body of his glory and majesty, comma. Let me pause slowly right there. The state of the church is this. The church right now, if you are a part of a church that is a money-hungry, money-grubbing, money-loving church that's always promoting how if you sow, God will give back. That's true. But you got to understand, the Bible and preachers, I've been a part of those churches where they will convince you to tell you, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there might be meat in my house to prove now where that God will give back unto you good measure, press down, shaking together and running over that men will give into your bosom. But when you bring to a storehouse, I believe the analogy is this. When you store it up, if you need some of it, you should be able to go back and get some of it. But what do we tell you? Well, the church ain't a bank. The church ain't that kind of place. But you just said, bring it to the storehouse. And if I need it as a family member of the church of God and I fall on rough time because you preached and you told me that everybody has a W-E-A-K day. Why can't I get help when I need help? The devil is a liar. That's one of the differences about the church that you attend. So if you're part of one of those churches, you might want to reassess who you're being led by. Hello, Holy Ghost. You want to get in this Bible and know God for yourself. Everybody needs a change. A change is still going to come. Just follow me and I'm almost done this morning. The state of the church still now. The choir ain't the only way to get excited about God. You need to get beyond music. I love music. If anybody knew me and know me, I still love music. And gospel music is my preferred choice. But I still love all genres of music. Why? Because that's how we grew up. God is changing my heart, but he hasn't changed who I was to the point where I just cut everything off and I'm some super saint. I'm some holy roller. I don't never cross any other T or dot any of her I. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm telling you my ultimate goal is to please God, but I've not just lost myself that I'm so heavenly minded that I'm no earthly good. I try to preach and teach a balance in this kingdom. Why? You got to show people where you've come from. Don't you be so holy that you got your nose up in the air that you can't show people where you were broke, busted, and couldn't be trusted, but now you're on a level playing field. As the old saints would say, God will pick you up out of the muck and the mire and place your feet on solid ground. Don't you be the kind that when you get on solid ground, you forget where you come from. Some folk done got so uppity in their Christianity and they've been allowed to acquire some things, but I wonder how did you acquire what you got? That's why, child of God, don't you envy everybody's purchase. You don't know what they had to go through to get what they got or what they're doing to try to keep what they got. When God gives a gift, you ain't got to broadcast it to nobody. When God gives you a gift, you just got to walk in it. 
You ain't got to broadcast it. You ain't got to shout it from the rooftop. You ain't got to be a Pharisee and a Sadducee to tell everybody what you done bought, what you drive, where you live, the kind of house that you live in. You just got to live and let them see God's glory through your life. Amen, somebody. The state of the church is still in need of a change. We got all these different denominations, but yet we preach as if there's many, many gods. Capital G. There's one God. God reign and ruler supreme. You've depicted out of your teachings and made your own laws and principles. There's only been one law. It's the law of God's word. But if you listen to us, you would think there's multiple gods. Capital G. Let me tell you as I get ready to close the podcast in just a second. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, different divisions or derivatives of the Bible rewritten, but the authorized version is God's Greek apostolic word that comes out of the original Greek and the Hebrew. You've got to get back to the rooted origin of God's word and not get caught up in who's got a Bible redone. You got to be careful because oftentimes that's just selling propaganda to get you to buy their book and get away from the biblical truth. If you are a believer, I do believe in 1611 when the original Greek and Hebrew was translated into a modern English that the authorized King James wrote it so that we, the people that were not of the Jewish faith, we were Gentiles so that we can read it and study it. I am a believer of that translation and I stick with that. We call it the authorized King James version so that we can read it in our Western culture. I use the Amplify because it is a little more easy to read, but I've not taken away from the original root of what I've been trained to believe the authorized King James Version is the biblical one that God has extracted and correlated and put together that we can walk. I'll close by saying this. The second thing is this, the state of the world, the state of the church, and the last is the state of mankind. The state of mankind, it says this, verses 21, King James and Amplified in conclusion, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the work whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. The Amplified Version in closing says it this way, uh, who will transform and fashion anew the body of our humiliation to conform and to be like the body of his glory and majesty. By exerting that power which is which enables him even to subject everything to himself. What am I trying to tell you? When you give up the ghost, as he's going to do in symbolicy in the in the future week, when you give up the old you. When you baptize, the word baptizo means to immerse. When you symbolize going underneath the water, we then baptize you in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And when you go down from a, being a dry devil, getting washed by the symbology of the water, which symbolizes the blood. And when I bring you up, it's symbolic of you then being washed and cleansed in the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's when you begin the biblical walk that the state of your mind 
will change. What am I trying to tell you? If you want to change in your life, you've got to get out of you and get with him. When you want to change in your life, you got to quit listening to the white noise of the world and you've got to listen to the leading spirit of God. When you want to get out of yourself and get into God, you don't know, child of God, what God's got in store for you. Every time you in trouble, every time you in tragedy, every time you in trial, every time you in tribulation, you're calling somebody on the phone. You're trying to share with somebody. You're in search of some wisdom. You're in search of some knowledge. You're trying to get somebody to tell you the better way to go. You hate it now because mama's now gone. You hate it because daddy's gone. You hate it because big mama and granddad and papa is now gone. You're looking for somebody who you can refer to that you can identify in this earth. Let me drop this in your spirit. I want you to retain the wisdom that they deposited in you while they were alive. And I pray that they would send baby. But if you can get to Jesus, like the woman with the issue of blood, that's where your wisdom's going to come. Quit focusing on the world and the white noise. I want you to look above your problem. I want you to look above your situation. I want you to look to the hills from which cometh your help. You should know by now that every time you was broke as a joke and it was God that kept you sustained. When you know that you did not have, you was wondering how you were going to put some gas in your car. But along came a miracle when you was wondering, when you looked in the refrigerator and groceries getting low, but then came a miracle. You ought to look to the hills from which cometh your help. Ah, I'm hoping and helping somebody. When you realize that the money, you had more month than money, and God said it this way. He opened the door where there was no door. God had a way of bringing somebody just to bless you. When I watched a child of God this past week, we was coming out of the store line and didn't realize what was happening, and then God left the blessing on the counter for you. It's because God said pay it forward, and that blessing means that when you give, God will give back unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over that God will give into your bosom. You don't know what God got in store. Your promotion is tomorrow. Look at God. God's got a way of making where there was no way. When God will take a bunch of country brow and bush and cut a road for you to get through. It's like you as a child of God, you was faced with Pharaoh coming behind you. You was faced with the Red Sea before you, but God loved you enough because you couldn't see it. He said, I know you're tired of being tired. I know you want a change to come in your life, but right now I just want you to extend your hands, Moses. I want you to lift them towards heaven and what God did for Moses, he'll do for you. He parted the Red Sea. He held the whales on each side. He held the fish in the water on each side and the children of Israel walked across three to four million on dry ground. What I'm trying to tell you as I close, that change that I preach about is still coming. Don't give up now, child of God. Don't turn in the towel. Don't throw up the white flag. God said, it's been baby delayed, not denied. You got to keep on keeping on. You got to keep on pressing. The Bible says that I'm pressing my way to get to the mark of Jesus Christ. What I'm trying to tell you is be encouraged, child of God. He's died once and for all. I'm trying to tell you, be encouraged. Your change is right around the corner. If you don't know me, if you don't believe me, if you don't trust me, trust God. 
and you watch God, when God flipped the page and starts chapter number two, you don't know what God's got in store for the rest of your novel. You just got to keep walking with him, baby, and you watch what God's going to do. So as we close out now, the state of mankind ain't got to remain the way it is. God's got a better plan for you. Will you trust him? Do you believe in him? Will you let his change come into your life? As we close this Triple C podcast, I hope as a precursor to Resurrection Week that this will get you thinking that, wait a minute, this next week of transition, as we call the Passover, let it change some things in my heart. Where I was mad at everybody, let me put away anger. Where I was hating on folk, let me get rid of it. Where I'm tired of being tired, let me give it to God. Let me leave it at the altar. Let me let God deal with my problem. Let me let the Lord fight my battle. Let me let God do it. I want a change in my life. I'm tired of being sick. I'm tired of taking 13, 14 different medicines. I'm ready for God to just clean up my bloodstream. I'm ready for God to remove the headaches. I'm ready for God to take away the stress in my life. I need a change in my life. I'm tired of trying to combat with people about stuff I ain't got no control over. I'm going to wake up in the morning as I said it this way, as I close, when my eyes hit the ceiling and my feet hit the floor, there ain't not one person, nobody, that God and I can't handle today. So as you be blessed as the change come, and we're going to slow it down and close out with a prayer and let old Reverend Green, take us out today in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for this time that we believe that change is real, that change is coming. Wherever I was born, wherever I came from, whether city, whether country, suburb, deep in the woods, I know, God, you're able to make it major that we can get a change in our life. Father, bless somebody today that they can get a change in their life. And when that change comes, we thank you. I know some folk are tired, God, but give them strength to keep on. Until the next time, this is Tony with Triple C Podcast. Sign off in Jesus' name. Be blessed. Yes, sir. And I say, brother.
Thanks to God, we bring you definite greetings from Triple C Podcast, as, as we like to call Resurrection Sunday, uh, April 17th, 2022. Amen. So let's get ready to go into the Word of God. I pray that you had a blessed transitional week, transformational week, Passover, Good Friday, and all of the things that we do celebrate under Christendom, under being Christians. Let's go into the Word of God, and then we'll open with our prayer as we do, and then we will have a blessed time in Jesus Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for this opportunity again on, as we like to call in the Western culture, Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. We celebrate, dear God, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that you allow the words, as I like to say, that may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, my Lord, my strength, and my redeemer. May all the listeners of the Triple C podcast be blessed in such a way that we will reap a reward of the word. Go forward and tell somebody in the name of Jesus. Bless every listening ear now in Jesus' name. Amen. Looking at Matthew chapter 28, as we like to read, I'll be reading from the King James Version of the Bible. Two passages, uh, not real lengthy, but just enough to give us the gist of the the, the message this morning, Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 9 and verses 18 through 20. And the word of God reads, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake 
and became as dead men. For the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come, see the place where they lay him, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him, lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, all hell. And they came and held by the feet and worshiped him. Now let's move over to verses 18 through 20 and I'll kind of paraphrase the remaining of it. Verse 18 says it. And Jesus came and spake unto them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Wow. What a powerful passage. I'm going to paraphrase that in between because I didn't want to be too lengthy in reading a novel this morning. But this podcast is titled Spread the Word. Spread the Word. Well, if you would go back and read, and I want you to, when you get time, go back and read all of Matthew chapter 28 because the storyline will be this way. As they did after they had decided to go ahead and they crucified Jesus. This is the beginning of the first day of the week, which was Sunday in the Jewish custom. Saturday was the Sabbath. So in this regard, after they had did that, this is where they had had the sepulcher dug out. And those guards that the Pharisees and Sadducees had been tasked to put a huge stone to seal it up. Why? Because they were already afraid, saying that they were going to come try to steal the body of Jesus. Amen over and while they were sleeping. So this is what had happened. When uh, Mary and Mary Magdalene went to the sepulcher, and is where I just read, and the angels sat up on that stone. Did you hear what I, on that stone? Did you hear what had said? That those two guards shake, and they were like dead men. They were paranoid. They were freaked out because they saw the angel. Then the angel told the women what to go do, and they were the first ones to see Jesus risen, and they had the message to run, tell that message to the other brethren, to the disciples. But here's a story in between verses 10 through 17. What well, at this point, those two guards had went on to tell their bosses, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, to let them know all the things that had transpired. But what they do, they offered them a lot of money to tell a lie. And the lie would be, if that story got to the governor... They were going to convince the governor that they came and stole the body of Jesus while they were sleeping, and they told them that the money that they gave them, that would cover them. The Bible says, even to this day, the reports of many still tell that story, that even at the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, those guards still told that lie in between, and the angel rolled back the stone, and Jesus rose as he had already said to his disciples before he gave up the ghost that after he would die, he would rise in what? Three days. And in three days, he did just that. Amen. So there's a few things that God gave me to tell 
on this Resurrection Sunday, and I pray that we understand. So as we remember the story, as we come in from Palm Sunday into the time when he had said it was the sixth to ninth hour where he had come through and they had already done all they were going to do. They had pierced him in the side. They had braided the thorns and put on his head. They had given him wine mixed with gall. They had a reed that they put in hand and they had already labeled him the king of the Jews. And at that point, when they positioned him on that cross and they had they were like railroad ties when they put the railroad ties in his wrist and the railroad ties in his ankles and they had bent his legs so that when he got ready, he couldn't hardly breathe. And when they had already done that, the Bible says they had casted lots. And when they did that, they were betting because they had told him, if you be the king of the Jews, won't you save yourself? If you didn't know, this is the same story where the two of the thieves are on the cross as well. One had said, if you be the king, save yourself and save us. The other one said, and rebuked the other thieves saying, what, do you not fear God? Do you not know who you're talking to? In paraphrase, he said it this, and he just asked Jesus in that moment at Golgotha, the place of the skull, that when thou enter into thy kingdom, he said, just don't forget me. And what did Jesus tell him? This day thou shalt be with me in paradise. Jesus had to fulfill his commission from God the Father, amen, in this earthly realm of living. Why? So that you and I would do what I'm about to tell us in the last part of this uh, podcast that we should be doing every one of us Every day we get an opportunity and I'll go there. So when he did that, what did Jesus do? After saying that, the Bible says this was the only one instance in history, in life, where God had to turn his eye away from Jesus the Son. And Jesus said, Eli, Eli, lama sabbatani, in translation from the Greek and the Hebrew, which means, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why? It was the one moment in our Christian life that Jesus had to bear all the sins, past, present, and future, one time for every person that would accept him as Lord and Savior. That was the time that Jesus, because the sin was so nasty and so horrific that Jesus bore it as the sacrificial lamb of God, that you and I, if we choose to believe in Jesus Christ will one day be where? In paradise, the same place that he told the other thief that was on the cross. The one who said, we are thieves. He has done nothing. That's what Pontius Pilate did. He took on the words of the people. Barabbas, Jesus, this is the story. If you go back and read it in history, when they had said, free Barabbas, crucify Jesus. They were crucifying an innocent man. That innocent man knew his fate. He knew what had to happen. He knew that he was going to die. That was his commission. That's why he didn't live in humanity to become an elderly man in life. 33 years, God had allowed him to live that he can from birth, from Mary until the 33rd year, he knew what his life was going to be so that you and I could one day live where? In eternity. If we choose to follow the leading of the teaching of the scriptures. Amen. That's the gist of where we are. But as I look at what the author says, 
In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene, the other Mary, they were there at the sepulcher. Can you imagine being there? Can you imagine being a believer and all of this? And then you watch them crucify him. And then you're thinking because you are still human. This is what I want you to get out of this this morning. As a human being, there's going to be times. And as I read through the scripture, even after he had rose, there was still some that was with the disciples that doubted that it was Jesus that tells us not everybody in our human life is going to believe that Jesus Christ is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There's going to be people who choose to believe that it is fiction. There's people that's going to believe that this Bible story is not real. There's people that's going to believe that there's no way a loving God would let my mama die. A loving God would let my grandmama die. A loving God would let me become sick. A loving God would let me lay flat on my back. But Jesus says, if we're going to follow him, we got to take up our cross and bear it because the world is not going to be a friend to believers. We've got to understand, children of God, that if we're going to follow the teachings of Jesus Christ, we must expect to go through what? Some ridicule, go through some anguish, go through some trials, go through some tribulations, go through some problems. But that's the reason why God allowed all the things to happen, as I want to call the life cycle of your life, that God, if you said you will follow Jesus, you're going to go through a myriad of different things, not to kill you, not to destroy you, but to purpose you, to build you, to make you so that he can then resurrect you when it's time. Amen. So there's some things in the storyline. I'm just setting where we are. But there's three interesting concepts that God gave me to extract out of the scriptures on this morning. And I pray that you will receive it with humility and that we will learn to do better as we go forward. And then Jesus says, and I'm moving down to verse nine and 10 again. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, all hell. And they came and held him by the feet and worship him. Then said Jesus unto them, be not afraid, go tell my brethren. That's the first message that Jesus in command that he had given to the women to go tell the disciples, the 12 of them that, well, the 11 at that point, because Judas had already been removed at that point to get ready to go forward and do what? Tell the world that he's risen. The whole purpose of celebra the celebration of, as we call Easter under the Western culture, is that we're supposed to be celebrating the death, the burial. The burial part is what? When he was down in the earth to retrieve the keys from hell, death, and the grave, that he would rise with what? All power. When he rose with all power, that's the power that God endued upon him. So he'll be able to give us power to do certain things in his what? Name. In his name. And this is what he said. Tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there shall they see me. What he was doing was preparing them for what he had already prophesied about his death that had to happen. If he did not die, we will not live. What's the song that we sing? Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. But had he not been born, had he not died, we, children of God, would not have what? Eternal life. We would not have the ability to be with God in glory. We would not have the purpose where Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And there where I am, ye shall be also. I go to prepare in my what? Father's house, 
are many mansions in God's house. God's umbrella of the kingdom of God is your house, is my house, is your sister's house, is your brother's house. This is the story and this is where we are. So let me just extract a few things that the good Lord gave me and then we will close down this, as we call Resurrection Sunday podcast. I pray that this story is just a reminder that it's a blessing to somebody to understand this is the foundational piece of what you say your belief is in Jesus Christ. And let me just caveat by saying, we must understand that though we are, uh, Accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I want everybody to know that I know without a shadow of a doubt that God and his word does not want us to get confused to think that because we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, from that point of acceptance, that we're never going to ever fall short of the glory of God. That we're never not going to not cross a T or not dot an I. That we're going to live perfectly in the human life. That is a misnomer. There's no way in our humanity that we can live a perfect life. The only perfect person, if you believe that walk the earth is Jesus Christ for 33 years, he's the only one. Why is that, children of God? It's because in your faith, you must what? Believe that Jesus Christ is the incarnated body of God made flesh that he could bear the burden, live the life, take the sacrifice, go before and deal with the sins of the world and then give up the ghost so that it can become enthroned and permanent in Christianity so that if our faith will have a place and a caveat to get to glory with God. Amen. So there's a few things that God gave me and I pray that this is a blessing. And again, this is not type of three or four point kind of hoop, kind of preach kind of message, but it's a reminder of why you say you are a Christian. So the first thing that God had given me is this, and this all comes out of verses uh, 8, 18 through 20. This all comes out of verses 18 through 20. So the title of this podcast is Spread the Word. What word are you spreading? I hope that you're not testifying. As folk do, as we do in the modern church, we love to one-up each other. We love to tell and I'll tell the testimonies of what the Lord has done. I hope that that's not the story that you're trying to tell or the image that you're trying to portray. And I pray that this becomes the one that we adopt and we try to do for. Verses 18 through 20 says it this way again. This is after the soldiers had done what they did to get the lies conformed, that they can get their money and get paid off to tell a lie. Jesus said this, and Jesus came and spake unto them. Those them are his disciples that he told them meet where? In Galilee. And this is what he's saying. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. That's a sign for you and I that God tells us through his son, Jesus, who had just risen to tell his disciples that he now has all power. Then he says this, and this is the first point we got to do, as I just mentioned. Go ye therefore, teach all nations. Teach them what? The first thing that God says, we got to teach the people what we've learned through our study. 2 Timothy 2.15 says it this way. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed to rightly divide the word of truth. When you rightly divide the word of truth, that means you preach and practice. You practice what you preach as best we can. So the first thing is this, teach. 
What are you teaching? You're teaching them the sacrifices that Jesus made for every blood-washed believer. And what else are you teaching? He says, and teach all nations, not just America, not just Europe. That's teach all nations what? Baptizing them in the name of the Father. How do you baptize them in the name of the Father? That's being baptized into the belief that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Baptism symbolically is when you immerse a body under the water, the word baptizo in the Greek means to immerse. So you're baptizing your spiritual belief that Jesus Christ went down into the earth, as we call the abyss, and retrieved the keys from hell, death, and the grave. Once he retrieved the keys, why? What keys am I talking about? Do you remember the story when Jesus was with the devil in the wilderness and, G and the devil told him that he would give him the keys to the kingdom if he do what? Bow down and worship him. People in this earth, don't get it twisted. When they bow down, as we would say, sell their soul to the devil, the devil gives them a symbolic key to make them feel that they're gods in this life. And he has enough power to give them riches, wealth, popularity, if they've given their soul over to the devil. But that don't happen for everybody. There are Christians that are rich and wealthy too. So don't get that twisted. But in this case, Jesus is saying, teach all nations doing what? Baptizing them in the name of and of the Father, and of the Holy Ghost. Why? At this point, Jesus, Jesus had already said, if I do not go, he will not come. Who is the he? The he is the third person of the Trinity. Now Jesus is now in his glorified state. He's about to fulfill the rest of this commission. He's going to go sit at the right hand of God. And then he, in the form of the third person, is now still here with us. So what are we teaching him? To baptize in the name of the Father and the Holy Ghost. To do what? To observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, colon. The second thing is to do what? When you go tell, you're going to preach. Remember when I said the word preach means to exhort or to tell? Not only are you teaching people your belief, then you got to go tell somebody. You have to go evangelize. Not that you got to have the title of an evangelist, but you've got to tell somebody your testimony. You've got to tell somebody your story. You've got to tell somebody how God picked you up out of the muck and the mire. You've got to tell somebody that God delivered you. You've got to tell somebody that you know that you was a sinner, but now you're saved by grace. You've got to tell somebody that you know that you were on your way destined to be in the pit of the abyss with the enemy when his time comes, but yet because you chose to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then now you realize you now have a straight path to get to glory with God. Amen. That's what you're telling people. What are you telling them? We call it the good news. You're telling people the good news, the good news of the glorious power that Jesus told his disciples. I've got all power. What am I telling them? I'm telling them that he's got all power to do what? To heal. He's got all power to deliver. He's got all power to tell somebody. You're going to what? Confess. To confess means to speak. If you're going to speak on it, speak on that. Speak on what the Lord has done. Speak on all the positive, speak on the blessings, speak on the deliverance, speak on the joy, speak on the faith. Let me drop some in your spirit for just a minute while I'm coming by your street. There's enough anger, hatred, deception, 
ridicule, malice, envy, strife in this life for a lifetime. There's enough angry people. Have you ever been around anybody that's never just happy? They always upset. They always miserable. They always miserable. And we've said that misery loves company. Have you ever been around people? They never have a good day. They never have a joyful day. They never have a peaceful day. There's people in this life. I pray, child of God, you are not one of those. I pray that you're not just a happy hour, Christian. I pray that you're not the only one when you're in the midst of the worship that you can give God the praise. But when you're out of the, the worship arena, when you're out of the worship atmosphere, then you resort back to being uh, not so positive, not so upbeat, not so joyful, not so thankful. You're always frustrated. You're always angry. God has said this. God has delivered us, child of God. We've got so much to be thankful for. We've got so much to not be broke, busted, and can't be trusted. We've got so much to tell somebody what does say the Lord, what God has done. You got to tell them, and then you got to tell them that they can be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Well, what does that mean? To baptize in the Holy Ghost means that you give up more of you to receive more of him. That means that you decrease that the presence of God increase. And so that when you say, baby, my cup runneth over, your cup is running over with what? I pray that it's not running over with your attitude. I pray that it's not running over with your ego. I pray that it's not running over with you. I got and you don't have. I pray that it's not running over with the big I and the little you. I pray that what it's running over with is running over with joy. I pray that it's running over with the fruit of God's spirit. I pray that it's running over with peace. I pray that it's running over with a joy that the world can't give and that the world can't take away. I pray that it's running over because you've been what washed in the blood of the lamb. Oh, I hope I'm helping somebody along the way this morning. Just as an Easter resurrection, Good Friday, Palm Sunday reminder that he died so that you, child of God, don't have to worry about the building. The building, you are the church building. You're the mobile building with 10 fingers and 10 toes. You're the one that could go tell somebody. I'll get ready to close this morning by saying this. The, sec the first thing is to teach. Teach them what God, who, and who God is. The second thing, preach about the good news of Jesus Christ. If you want to run, tell something, run, tell that, that he's alive. Because he lived, I can face tomorrow. If you're going to run, tell something, run, tell somebody. If you don't know him, you can get to know him. If you're going to run, tell something, run, tell him. I know a man who can save a man. If you're going to run, tell, run, tell somebody. I've been delivered from out of the muck and the mire. If you're going to run, tell, run, tell him who God is. The last thing is this. The first thing is to teach. The second thing is to preach. And the last thing in conclusion is to testify. What does testify mean? To testify is to tell of what God has done for you for whatever that story is. If you've been flat on your back on the bed of affliction and God saw fit that wasn't time for your life to expire, you should have an innate joy about you that no matter what you face, that no matter what you go through, that no matter what you deal with, when you slow down and think and you get your calibration and when you get your bearings, as we like to call it, when you slap your own self and realize, why am I so traumatized about what I see in life? Why am I so messed up? Because there's messy Marvins and negative Normans and negative Nancys in life. Why am I so twisted? Because people don't want to have the same kind of work ethic 
that I have? Why am I so upset because folk don't want to come and go to work? Why am I so upset because so many things? Why am I so upset because I see all this catastrophe and all this mayhem and all of this calamity and all of this confusion that's around me in life? I remember what the preacher said. It's not necessarily what's going on around me. It's what's going on inside of me. Let me testify. I realize, child of God, as I close this morning, he says in verse 20, in conclusion, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world, the world in which we live in. What am I trying to tell you? Child of God, if you believe that God is the saving God that he is, if you believe that God is the one that delivered you from out of your sickness, if you believe that God is the one, as the old saints would say, he's given me a joy that the world can give. It's a joy that the world can't take away. It's him. I'm going to testify this. I know it was the blood. It's the blood that keeps me. It's the blood that washes me. It's the blood that makes me whiter than snow. If it had not been for the blood of Jesus, oh, where, oh, where would I be? If it had not been for the saving power and the washing of the blood of the water of his word, where would I be? It's nothing but the blood that gives me power. Power to do what? It gives me power to stand against the trials of life. It gives me power to stand up against my enemy. It gives me power to stand in the midst of a decrepit day. It gives me power to lift up my hands toward glory and tell the devil no and to rebuke the devil. It gives me power to rebuke to tell the devil, get thee behind me, Satan. I'm tired of your shenanigans. I'm tired of your foolishness. It gives me power to stand against a wicked world. It gives me power to stand up against the wild one. It gives me power to believe that God is able. It's what? It's the blood. If it wasn't for the blood of Jesus Christ, where, oh where would I be? I pray that you understand it's the blood of Jesus that washes us. It's the blood that never loses power. You have a new blood now. It's a blood transfusion from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You've been connected to the power source. You've been connected to the one who shed the blood, the sacrificial lamb, that it can wash away the sins of the world. I'm talking about a blood that can make you whiter than snow. I'm talking about a blood that will make you better. I'm talking about a blood that'll make you stronger. I'm talking about a blood that'll wash your negative mind. I'm talking about a blood that will give you peace. I'm talking about a blood that will give you joy. I'm talking about a blood that's never staining, but a blood washing. I'm talking about a blood that the devil can never give you. Don't buy that fake blood. Don't buy that fake anointing call. Don't buy that fake vial of blood. You've got the power source in you. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the one who was, who is, and is to come. He's coming back for a church of believers. So as we close out with Triple C Podcast on this Resurrection Sunday, we thank you for the time to listen, download, listen, and share. I pray as Sister Shirley Caesar takes us out today, we're going to believe through prayer that God, we thank you for the opportunity now in the blood of Jesus that we can come forward and know that you're the one, you're the reason, you're the one who did it above and beyond that we can ask. We thank you now to the next podcast. This is Triple C and Tony signing off. Until we come back again, be blessed and walk this week and believe that there is power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you over evil?
greetings and bless the Lord. Thanks to God. We bring you definitely greetings from Triple C Podcast, as, as we like to call Resurrection Sunday, uh, April 17th, 2022. Amen. So let's get ready to go into the word of God. I pray that you had a blessed transitional week, transformational week, Passover, Good Friday, and all of the things that we do celebrate under Christendom, under being Christians. Let's go into the word of God and then we'll open with our prayer as we do, and then we will have a blessed time in Jesus Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for this opportunity again on, as we like to call in the Western culture, Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. We celebrate, dear God, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that you allow the words, as I like to say, that may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, my Lord, my strength and my redeemer. May all the listeners of the Triple C podcast be blessed in such a way that we will reap a reward of the word. Go forward and tell somebody in the name of Jesus. Bless every listening ear now in Jesus' name. Amen. Looking at Matthew chapter 28, as we like to read, I'll be reading from the King James Version of the Bible, two passages uh, not real lengthy, but just enough to give us the gist of the, the, the message this morning. Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 9 and verses 18 through 20. And the word of God reads, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. For the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come, see the place where they lay him. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, all hell. And they came and held by the feet and worshiped him. Now, let's move over to verses 18 through 20, and I'll kind of paraphrase the remaining of it. Verse 18 says it, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. Amen. Wow, what a powerful passage. I'm going to paraphrase that in between because I didn't want to be too lengthy in reading a novel this morning, but this podcast is titled Spread the Word. Spread the Word. Well, if you would go back and read, and I want you to, when you get time, go back and read all of Matthew chapter 28 because the storyline will be this way. As they did after they had decided to go ahead and they crucified Jesus. This is the beginning of the first day of the week, which was Sunday in the Jewish custom. Saturday was the Sabbath. So in this regard, after they had did that, this is where they had had the sepulcher dug out. And those guards 
that the Pharisees and Sadducees had been tasked to put a huge stone to seal it up. Why? Because they were already afraid, saying that they were going to come try to steal the body of Jesus, amen, over and while they were sleeping. So this is what had happened. When uh, Mary and Mary Magdalene went to the sepulcher, and is where I just read, and the angel sat up on that stone. Did you hear what I, on that stone? Did you hear what had said? That those two guards shake and they were like dead men. They were paranoid. They were freaked out because they saw the angel. Then the angel told the women what to go do. And they were the first ones to see Jesus risen. And they had the message to run, tell that message to the other brethren, to the disciples. But here's a story in between verses 10 through 17. What at this point, those two guards had went on to tell their bosses, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, to let them know all the things that had transpired. But what they do, they offered them a lot of money to tell a lie. And the lie would be, if that story got to the governor, they were going to convince the governor that they came and stole the body of Jesus while they were sleeping. And they told them that the money that they gave them, that would cover them. The Bible says, even to this day, the reports of many still tell that story that even at the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, those guards still told that lie in between, and the angel rolled back the stone, and Jesus rose, and he had already said to his disciples before he gave up the ghost that after he would die, he would rise in what? Three days. And in three days, he did just that. Amen. So there's a few things that God gave me to tell on this Resurrection Sunday, and I pray that we understand. So as we remember the story, as we come in from Palm Sunday into the time when he had said it was the sixth, the ninth hour, where he had come through and they had already done all they were going to do. They had pierced him in the side. They had braided the thorns and put on his head. They had given him wine mixed with gall. They had a reed that they put in hand and they had already labeled him the king of the Jews. And at that point, when they positioned him on that cross and they had they were like railroad ties. When they put the railroad ties in his wrist and the railroad ties in his ankles and they had bent his legs so that when he got ready, he couldn't hardly breathe. And when they had already done that, the Bible says they had casted lots. And when they did it, they were betting because they had told him, if you be the king of the Jews, won't you save yourself? If you didn't know, this is the same story where the two of the thieves are on the cross as well. One had said, if you be the king, save yourself and save us. The other one said, and rebuked the other thief saying, what? Do you not fear God? Do you not know who you're talking to? In paraphrase, he said it this, and he just asked Jesus in that moment at Golgotha, the place of the skull, that when thou enter into thy kingdom, he said, just don't forget me. And what did Jesus tell him? This day thou shalt be with me in paradise. Jesus had to fulfill his commission from God the Father, amen, in this earthly realm of living. Why? So that you and I would do what I'm about to tell us in the last part of this uh, podcast that we should be doing, every one of us, Every day we get an opportunity and I'll go there. So when he did that, what did Jesus do? After saying that, the Bible says this was the only one instance 
in history, in life, where God had to turn his eye away from Jesus, the son. And Jesus said, Eli, Eli, lama sabbatani, in translation from the Greek and the Hebrew, which means, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why? It was the one moment in our Christian life that Jesus had to bear all the sins, past, present, and future one time for every person that would accept him as Lord and Savior. That was the time that Jesus, because the sin was so nasty and so horrific that Jesus bore it as the sacrificial lamb of God, that you and I, if we choose to believe in Jesus Christ, will one day be where? In paradise, the same place that he told the other thief that was on the cross, the one who said, we are thieves. He has done nothing. That's what Pontius Pilate did. He took on the words of the people. Barabbas, Jesus, this is the story. If you go back and read it in history, when they had said free Barabbas, crucify Jesus. They were crucifying an innocent man. That innocent man knew his fate. He knew what had to happen. He knew that he was going to die. That was his commission. That's why he didn't live in humanity to become an elderly man in life. 33 years, God had allowed him to live that he can from birth, from Mary until the 33rd year, he knew what his life was going to be so that you and I could one day live where? In eternity, if we choose to follow the leading of the teaching of the scriptures. Amen. That's the gist of where we are. But as I look at what the author says, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene, the other Mary, they were there at the sepulcher. Can you imagine being there? Can you imagine being a believer and all of this? And then you watch them crucify him. And then you're thinking because you are still human. This is what I want you to get out of this this morning. As a human being, there's going to be times, and as I read through the scripture, even after he had rose, there was still some that was with the disciples that doubted that it was Jesus that tells us not everybody in our human life is going to believe that Jesus Christ is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There's going to be people who choose to believe that it is fiction. There's people that's going to believe that this Bible story is not real. There's people that's going to believe that there's no way a loving God would let my mama die. A loving God would let my grandmama die. A loving God would let me become sick. A loving God would let me lay flat on my back. But Jesus says, if we're going to follow him, we got to take up our cross and bear it because the world is not going to be a friend to believers. We've got to understand, children of God, that if we're going to follow the teachings of Jesus Christ, we must expect to go through what? Some ridicule, go through some anguish, go through some trials, go through some tribulations, go through some problems. But that's the reason why God allowed all the things to happen, as I want to call the life cycle of your life, that God, if you said you will follow Jesus, you're going to go through a myriad of different things, not to kill you, not to destroy you, but to purpose you, to build you, to make you so that he can then resurrect you when it's time. 
Amen. So there's some things in the storyline. I'm just setting where we are. But there's three interesting concepts that God gave me to extract out of the scriptures on this morning. And I pray that you will receive it with humility and that we will learn to do better as we go forward. And then Jesus says, and I'm moving down to verse nine and 10 again. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, all hell. And they came and held him by the feet and worship him. Then said Jesus unto them, be not afraid, go tell my brethren. That's the first message that Jesus in command that he had given to the women to go tell the disciples, the 12 of them that, well, the 11 at that point, because Judas had already been removed at that point to get ready to go forward and do what? Tell the world that he's risen. The whole purpose of celebra the celebration of, as we call Easter under the Western culture, is that we're supposed to be celebrating the death, the burial. The burial part is what? When he was down in the earth to retrieve the keys from hell, death, and the grave, that he would rise with what? All power. When he rose with all power, that's the power that God endued upon him so he'll be able to give us power to do certain things in his what? Name. In his name. And this is what he said. Tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there shall they see me. What he was doing was preparing them for what he had already prophesied about his death that had to happen. If he did not die, we will not live. What's the song that we sing? Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. But had he not been born, had he not died, we, children of God, would not have what? Eternal life. We would not have the ability to be with God in glory. We would not have the purpose where Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And there where I am, ye shall be also. I go to prepare in my what? Father's house are many mansions in God's house. God's umbrella of the kingdom of God is your house, is my house, is your sister's house, is your brother's house. This is the story and this is where we are. So let me just extract a few things that the good Lord gave me and then we will close down this as we call Resurrection Sunday podcast. I pray that this story is just a reminder that it's a blessing to somebody to understand this is the foundational piece of what you say your belief is in Jesus Christ. And let me just caveat by saying, we must understand that though we uh, accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I want everybody to know that I know without a shadow of a doubt that God in his word does not want us to get confused to think that because we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, from that point of acceptance, that we're never going to ever fall short of the glory of God, that we're never not going to not cross a T or not dot an I, that we're going to live perfectly in the human life. That is a misnomer. There's no way in our humanity that we can live a perfect life. The only perfect person, if you believe that walk the earth is Jesus Christ for 33 years, he's the only one. Why is that, children of God? It's because in your faith, you must what? Believe that Jesus Christ is the incarnated body of God made flesh that he could bear the burden, live the life, take the sacrifice, go before and deal with the sins of the world and then give up the ghost so that it could become enthroned and permanent in Christianity so that if our faith will have a place and a caveat to get to glory with God. 
Amen. So there's a few things that God gave me, and I pray that this is a blessing. And again, this is not type of three or four point kind of hoop, kind of preach kind of message, but it's a reminder of why you say you are a Christian. So the first thing that God had given me is this, and this all comes out of verses uh, 8, 18 through 20. This all comes out of verses 18 through 20. So the title of this podcast is Spread the Word. What word are you spreading? I hope that you're not testifying. As folk do, as we do in the modern church, we love to one-up each other. We love to tell and I'll tell the testimonies of what the Lord has done. I hope that that's not the story that you're trying to tell or the image that you're trying to portray. And I pray that this becomes the one that we adopt and we try to do for. Verses 18 through 20 says it this way again. This is after the soldiers had done what they did to get the lies conformed, that they can get their money and get paid off to tell a lie. Jesus said this, and Jesus came and spake unto them. Those them are his disciples that he told them meet where in Galilee. And this is what he's saying. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. That's a sign for you and I that God tells us through his son, Jesus, who had just risen to tell his disciples that he now has all power. Then he says this, and this is the first point we got to do, as I just mentioned. Go ye therefore, teach all nations. Teach them what? The first thing that God says, we got to teach the people what we've learned through our study. 2 Timothy 2.15 says it this way. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed to rightly divide the word of truth. When you rightly divide the word of truth, that means you preach and practice. You practice what you preach as best we can. So the first thing is this, teach. What are you teaching? You're teaching them the sacrifices that Jesus made for every blood wash believer. And what else are you teaching? He says, and teach all nations, not just America, not just Europe. That's teach all nations. What? Baptizing them in the name of the father. How do you baptize them in the name of the father? That's being baptized into the belief that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Baptism symbolically is when you immerse a body under the water, the word baptizo in the Greek means to immerse. So you're baptizing your spiritual belief that Jesus Christ went down into the earth, as we call the abyss, and retrieved the keys from hell, death, and the grave. Once he retrieved the keys, why? What keys am I talking about? Do you remember the story when Jesus was with the devil in the wilderness and and the devil told him that he would give him the keys to the kingdom if he do what? Bow down and worship him. People in this earth, don't get it twisted. When they bow down, as we would say, sell their soul to the devil, the devil gives them a symbolic key to make them feel that they're gods in this life. And he has enough power to give them riches, wealth, popularity, if they've given their soul over to the devil. But that don't happen for everybody. There are Christians that are rich as wealthy too. So don't get that twisted. But in this case, Jesus is saying, teach all nations doing what? Baptizing them in the name of and of the Father, and of the Holy Ghost. Why? At this point, Jesus, Jesus had already said, if I do not go, he will not come. 
Who is the he? The he is the third person of the Trinity. Now Jesus is now in his glorified state. He's about to fulfill the rest of this commission. He's going to go sit at the right hand of God. And then he, in the form of the third person, is now still here with us. So what are we teaching him? To baptize in the name of the Father and the Holy Ghost. To do what? To observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, colon. The second thing is to do what? When you go tell, you're going to preach. Remember when I said the word preach means to exhort or to tell? Not only are you teaching people your belief, then you got to go tell somebody. You have to go evangelize. Not that you got to have the title of an evangelist, but you've got to tell somebody your testimony. You've got to tell somebody your story. You've got to tell somebody how God picked you up out of the muck and the mire. You've got to tell somebody that God delivered you. You've got to tell somebody that you know that you was a sinner, but now you're saved by grace. You've got to tell somebody that you know that you were on your way destined to be in the pit of the abyss with the enemy when his time comes, but yet because you chose to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then now you realize you now have a straight path to get to glory with God. Amen. That's what you're telling people. What are you telling them? We call it the good news. You're telling people the good news, the good news of the glorious power that Jesus told his disciples. I've got all power. What am I telling them? I'm telling them that he's got all power to do what? To heal. He's got all power to deliver. He's got all power to tell somebody. You're going to what? Confess. To confess means to speak. If you're going to speak on it, speak on that. Speak on what the Lord has done. Speak on all the positive, speak on the blessings, speak on the deliverance, speak on the joy, speak on the faith. Let me drop some in your spirit for just a minute while I'm coming by your street. There's enough anger, hatred, deception, ridicule, malice, envy, strife in this life for a lifetime. There's enough angry people. Have you ever been around anybody that's never just happy? They always upset. They always miserable. They always miserable. And we've said that misery loves company. Have you ever been around people? They never have a good day. They never have a joyful day. They never have a peaceful day. There's people in this life. I pray, child of God, you are not one of those. I pray that you're not just a happy hour, Christian. I pray that you're not the only one when you're in the midst of the worship that you can give God the praise. But when you're out of the, the worship arena, when you're out of the worship atmosphere, then you resort back to being uh, not so positive, not so upbeat, not so joyful, not so thankful. You're always frustrated. You're always angry. God has said this. God has delivered us, child of God. We've got so much to be thankful for. We've got so much to not be broke, busted, and can't be trusted. We've got so much to tell somebody what does say the Lord, what God has done. You got to tell them, and then you got to tell them that they can be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Well, what does that mean? To baptize in the Holy Ghost means that you give up more of you to receive more of him. That means that you decrease that the presence of God increase. 
And so that when you say, baby, my cup runneth over, your cup is running over with what? I pray that it's not running over with your attitude. I pray that it's not running over with your ego. I pray that it's not running over with you. I got and you don't have. I pray that it's not running over with the big I and the little you. I pray that what it's running over with is running over with joy. I pray that it's running over with the fruit of God's spirit. I pray that it's running over with peace. I pray that it's running over with a joy that the world can't give and that the world can't take away. I pray that it's running over because you've been what washed in the blood of the lamb. Oh, I hope I'm helping somebody along the way this morning. Just as an Easter resurrection, Good Friday, Palm Sunday reminder that he died so that you, child of God, don't have to worry about the building. The building, you are the church building. You're the mobile building with 10 fingers and 10 toes. You're the one that could go tell somebody. I'll get ready to close this morning by saying this. The, sec the first thing is to teach. Teach them what God who and who God is. The second thing, preach about the good news of Jesus Christ. If you want to run tell something, run tell that, that he's alive. Because he lived, I can face tomorrow. If you're going to run tell something, run tell somebody. If you don't know him, you can get to know him. If you're going to run tell something, run tell him. I know a man who can save a man. If you're going to run tell, run tell somebody. I've been delivered from out of the muck and the mire. If you're going to run tell, run tell him who God is. The last thing is this. The first thing is to teach. The second thing is to preach. And the last thing in conclusion is to testify. What does testify mean? To testify is to tell of what God has done for you for whatever that story is. If you've been flat on your back on the bed of affliction and God saw fit that wasn't time for your life to expire, you should have an innate joy about you that no matter what you face, that no matter what you go through, that no matter what you deal with, when you slow down and think and you get your calibration and when you get your bearings, as we like to call it, when you slap your own self and realize, why am I so traumatized about what I see in life? Why am I so messed up? Because there's messy Marvins and negative Normans and negative Nancys in life. Why am I so twisted? Because people don't want to have the same kind of work ethic that that I have? Why am I so upset because folk don't want to come and go to work? Why am I so upset because so many things? Why am I so upset because I see all this catastrophe and all this mayhem and all of this calamity and all of this confusion that's around me in life? I remember what the preacher said. It's not necessarily what's going on around me. It's what's going on inside of me. Let me testify. I realize, child of God, as I close this morning, he says in verse 20, in conclusion, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world, the world in which we live in. What am I trying to tell you? Child of God, if you believe that God is the saving God that he is, if you believe that God is the one that delivered you from out of your sickness, if you believe that God is the one, as the old saints would say, he's given me a joy that the world can give. It's a joy that the world can't take away. It's him. I'm going to testify this. I know it was the blood. It's the blood that keeps me. It's the blood that washes me. It's the blood that makes me whiter than snow. If it had not been for the blood of Jesus, oh, where, oh, where would I be? If it had not been for the saving power and the washing of the blood of the water of his word, where would I be? It's nothing but the blood 
blood that gives me power. Power to do what? It gives me power to stand against the trials of life. It gives me power to stand up against my enemy. It gives me power to stand in the midst of a decrepit day. It gives me power to lift up my hands to a glory and tell the devil no and to rebuke the devil. It gives me power to rebuke to tell the devil, get thee behind me, Satan. I'm tired of your shenanigans. I'm tired of your foolishness. It gives me power to stand against a wicked world. It gives me power to stand up against the wild one. It gives me power to believe that God is able. It's what? It's the blood. If it wasn't for the blood of Jesus Christ, where or oh where would I be? I pray that you understand it's the blood of Jesus that washes us. It's the blood that never loses power. You have a new blood now. It's a blood transfusion from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You've been connected to the power source. You've been connected to the one who shed the blood, the sacrificial lamb, that it can wash away the sins of the world. I'm talking about a blood that can make you whiter than snow. I'm talking about a blood that will make you better. I'm talking about a blood that'll make you stronger. I'm talking about a blood that'll wash your negative mind. I'm talking about a blood that will give you peace. I'm talking about a blood that will give you joy. I'm talking about a blood that's never staining, but a blood washing. I'm talking about a blood that the devil can never give you. Don't buy that fake blood. Don't buy that fake anointing call. Don't buy that fake vial of blood. You've got the power source in you. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the one who was, who is, and is to come. He's coming back for a church of believers. So as we close out with Triple C Podcast on this Resurrection Sunday, we thank you for the time to listen, download, listen, and share. I pray as Sister Shirley Caesar takes us out today, we're going to believe through prayer that God, we thank you for the opportunity now in the blood of Jesus that we can come forward and know that you're the one, you're the reason, you're the one who did it above and beyond that we can ask. We thank you now to the next podcast. This is Triple C and Tony signing off. Until we come back again, be blessed and walk this week and believe that there is power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.